Did you take the, did no. you do all that? Nope. No, no, I did not. So there's a uh, organization here in Kentucky in Louisville called Moonshine University, and they will actually certify you as a bourbon steward, or you can get, if, if, you know, if you're in the industry or whatever, and you got somebody that's going to pay for it, cause it's like 600 bucks for the fucking test is eight hour class. You go to the, whatever, um, for, for sure. the, just for the regular bourbon steward, certified bourbon steward, you can order the book online at $60 to take the test. It's a bunch of questions that it's about bourbon history. And, you know, it, at the end of it, you have to build a flight. So if somebody wants to say it just says, if you're going to build a flight for somebody and mine was all, um, uh, barrel proof bourbons, uh, try this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, because that's what I really like. I like the higher proof stuff. Um, so the reason I bring that up is because that's essentially what a bourbon steward does. Um, the reason I found out about this, there's a place here in Lexington called the Kentucky castle. Um, this castle was built by a man that he built for his wife who consequently left him after he built this castle. It's a literal castle. You can look it up online. Um, she left him after she, after he built it. And I was like, well, fuck her and everybody that looks like her. Cause that, that sucks, you know? Um, but, uh, my wife took me there for father's day a few years ago. And the guy that was leading the bourbon tasting was, uh, uh an executive bourbon steward. And that's what kind of led me to the class. And so, but, but essentially that's what we, that's what a bourbon steward does is it's, you know, let me help you, you know? So yeah, uh, a lot of times I'm in a store, I'm like, well, you know, I'll, I'll hear them. Excuse me. I'm not trying to eavesdrop whatever, but I hear what you're, you know, this, let me, let me take you to this. whatever. Yeah. So for me, it depends on, you know, what they're looking for, what they generally like. Um, you know, I, I, I usually like this, but I'm looking for something different or, um, I want to take it to a party or whatever. There's various factors that play into it, of course. And that's never the answer to the question that you want to hear. Oh, well, it really isn't that cut and dry. You've got to think about all these things. I never yeah. want to hear that when I'm asking that question. Hey, can you direct me to this or can you help me with that? But in this instance, that's really the case for me. Um, I'm generally directing them towards what I like, um, which is probably not the way that I should approach that. Um, so one of, one of my favorites, um, even now is a smoke wagon, uncut, unfiltered fucking love it. Love every expression of it that they've ever had. It's fantastic. It's, um, it's leather, it's brown sugar, it's vanilla. It's a little bit of citrus peel. It's, um, there's some ginger in there. There's some gingerbread cookie in there. It's, it's fantastic. These guys, they get it from a place in Indiana called MGP. Well, it's called Ross and Squibb now. It used to be called MGP. And then they take it back to Nevada and they let it age in the barrels in the, in the Nevada heat in, in Las Vegas. Um, and the, uh, the proprietor, Aaron, he's, he's bonkers. He he's, he's easily one of the, uh, one of the more eccentric personalities in the bourbon game. And, very much somebody I would like to sit down and have a drink and a cigar with. He's, he's, he's a very cool guy. Um, and he puts my sailors, sailors mouth to shame. Cause it, this guy cusses up a storm. I mean, you, I mean, anyway, um, I, I tend to, I tend to steer him towards things that I, that I, that I like because the things that I like um, as much bourbon as I've consumed in my life, I think that I've got a, a, a pretty good uh, repertoire to pull from 
as it were. So I'm like, well, you, you, you know, this is really good. This is really good. Um, you know, if it comes to something like rye, uh, Paul's going to be the one that I'm going to defer to on that. If it comes to something like rum, Jerry is going to be the one that I'm going to defer to. But again, Knob Creek, um, Jim Beam Black, like Paul mentioned, um, there's some of these uh, these Maker's Mark wood finishing series that I, you know, I think all three of us would direct you towards, especially Jerry. He's a big Maker's Mark fan, but these wood finishing series bottles are fantastic. Um, there's some there's some some Buffalo Trace stuff like the um, the benchmark lineup and a lot of people are going to look at you with a fucking weird look on their face. Like why benchmark? Because for a long time it was a bottom shelfer and uh, what people don't realize, well, first of all, this was created by Seagram's to compete with, with uh, Jack Daniels. That's why the bottle is shaped like it is the black label, the square shape. That's clearly a Jack Daniels competitor. Um, it, it was sold to Buffalo Trace, and pretty much everything in the lineup is fantastic. This particular bottle that I held up, the full proof, that's 125 proof, um, four to six years on the age, $25. That's a, that's a hard bargain to beat. So really, for me, that's, I mean, if it's not something that I like, you're gonna, I'm going to be looking for the bargains. Um, and bar- by bargain, I mean price point versus proof, because – a lot of times the higher proof bourbons are going to run you a higher price point. So if you can get something that has less water uh, content and a lower price point, it's probably going to taste better and it's going to last you longer because you're not going to need as much of it. And, and uh, uh, the, the lower price point, I mean, especially in today's economy with this Biden inflation, uh, you know, um, it's that that's that's a bit of a problem right there. Right. In, inflation is right now it's off. The, it's off the charts. It might be the worst that I've ever seen in my 40 years of life. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's a that's a big thing for me. Um, yeah, yeah like, I, I, I already heard. know. I already know what I'm going to do. I know that the next time I go to a liquor store or my grocery store, I am literally going to take either a like 15 second slow vid where I'm just taking my phone and doing this. Or I'm going to take sectioned photographs and be like, Adam, Paul, yep. top three, baby. Like, do that. Hit do it that. for me. And you're just going to you're just gonna knock it out. And that's what I'm going to buy. Yep. Like, I'm not even going to question and be like, why? I'm just going to do it. Like, I don't have, like you said, a steward. I don't have it. I got a couple of buddies that, like I said, like my buddy Jason will drive to Kentucky a couple times a year. He'll hit up multiple distilleries. He'll take their tours. He'll buy their books. Like, he'll tell me all about them and stuff like that i'll i'll ask him i'll ask you guys and i'm gonna dial in like i want to create like a little five bottles always at my house no matter what keep them there and then like what's my seasonal rotation that way like if people come over if they want a cocktail or they just want to drink i can be like look don't take my word for it (laughs) like here check it out like there's some people that are like experts you know like try this Yes, and you I guys mean, may say, like, now nah, we're not experts, but I'm going to tell you right now, just listening to your rationale, your thought process through it, like, it's clear that it's not just, hey, I've got some experience or I tried this one. Like, you have, like, multiple things that you hit on that help you determine, like, what makes a good bourbon. Like, yeah. I think that that's pretty neat, actually. Well, thank you. Yeah, and everybody's yeah. everybody's taste 
preferences are going to be different. I mean, they're, they're going to change sure. for you even day to day sometimes, depending on what you ate and things like that. But sure. so, I mean, really the only way to find out what you're going to want to be your go-to every day, sit on the back porch bottle is to try a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm a big fan of whenever you go to the big mega stores is grab a whole bunch of minis of different things. So you're not paying the full price for the bottle and you get to try what you want. Um, but to that point, yeah, I always, if, if I'm in a store and somebody has got a bottle in their hand that I think is fantastic, I'll reassure them and be like, Hey, that's a good bottle. Or I'll say, if you think you might want to buy that one, maybe buy this one because I've had that one and it's not so great, you know, but, um, mm. I think, you know, like I said before, the, the only way you're going to find what you like is to try everything. I mean, hell, there's people out there that only drink Crown Royal. So, I mean, who knows, you know, sure. you know, that's uh, for sure. me, that's, that's a drain for, but, um, um, you know, you like what you like, you know, and so don't let anybody influence you too much. Listen to, you know, some recommendations of people who have experienced drinking lots of different brands and things, uh, but go from there. I mean, if you find that you do like Crown Royal, well, it's readily available. So, <laughs> Well, then you got to make sure in the uh, in the vein of the note that I gave you before, then you got to make sure if you're a crown, a crown drinker, you got to make yourself one of those black tooth grins, throw on some Pantera, make yourself a black tooth grin cocktail, man, that's what's up. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I'm a big fan of Pantera, by the way. Um, and I know they're on tour right now and I would like to see them because I've got Zach Wild with them. But uh yeah. I saw I them. I saw them uh, July 31st oh, is that right? uh, with this current lineup. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this much right now. I know that there's a lot of people that are like, it's not Pantera. No fucking shit. Like it is not Pantera. Uh, you're not going to be able to recreate the original, but great, uh, great set list. Basically what you want to hear, they're going to play. They do leave some stuff on the table, right? Like there's some songs that you might want to hear that it's not part of the current lineup, right? Uh, it's not part of the current set list, but it's an absolutely phenomenal show. Zach is in the pocket. Phil well, sounds I mean, great. There's, there's not. I mean, be it's a better guitar replacement. Everything was great. Wild. Zach Wild's the only, no. only person that can replace Dom or, or fill in for Dom is a better way to put it. But you can't. Yeah. You can't. It was a great show. You know, the only drummer on the planet that I know of, and I don't know if you're familiar with him, um, El Estepario Siberiano is what he goes by. Um, He's a Spanish. The fucking dude that plays on YouTube all the time or whatever. Yeah. That dude is that dude is un- out of control. Unbelievable. He is unbelievable. Yeah. He's sitting there drinking, smoking a cigarette, yeah. playing One like hand. four different. Yeah, like One yeah, hand. he's unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's about the only person that I could think of to to fill in for Vinnie Paul. Um, did they play Cemetery Gates? No. They play a portion. That's what I'm saying. They leave like a little bit on the on the table. Uh, they play like a little brief portion. Um, songs that they played that were just like absolute hitters that the whole crowd went ape shit. Five minutes alone. Uh, becoming. Uh, they play Suicide Note Part Two, and it was like locked in. Um, yeah, I mean they they hit it all, but yeah, Cemetery Gates. No, they do not play. They well, at least not when I saw them in July. That is my favorite Pantera song of all time, and I've been I've been a fan of Pantera for twenty six years. Um, a friend of mine, no, 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 no. Let me take that back. Twenty eight years. A friend of mine introduced me to them in middle school, and he's he's passed on. You know, um, but um, anytime I listen to them. 
that's who I think of, of course. Um, yeah, but I hope uh, to see him again next. I hope to see him again next year. They play in Chicago with opening for Metallica on one of the Metallica two nights, uh, where they do like what one with Pantera and then one with I think it's currently Five Finger Death Punch is the other. Um, I'd like to go down to Chicago for the night where Pantera is opening for Metallica. Uh, that'd be pretty badass. Uh, two of my favorite bands playing in the same night. <laughs> like, sure, let's do that. I think that would be. I'm not a big fan of Five Finger Death Punch uh, for for a couple different reasons, but uh, the most recent reason was uh, the the whole uh, domestic violence shit that uh, came out about. Uh, I don't know. About yeah, that? I don't know. I don't know anything about them. I the yeah, only thing uh, I know about Five Finger Death Punch is they've got a couple cover songs of. Now their covers are like, pretty good. Just yeah, but other than that, I don't know shit about them. Metallica, man, I've seen them. 15 times i started seeing them when i was in grade school uh back in the 90s which was pretty fun uh and pantera there were a few times i could have seen them back in the day on Ozfest tours and stuff like that and i just never did and i regret it but if i can get together and see pantera and metallica in the same night next year <laughs> you fucking know where i'm gonna be sure that'd be that would be awesome and a lot of people it, much like will it pot still a lot of people give metallica some shit um because they they kind of uh um you know with the black album and beyond they kind of um and and i like the black album but they they kind of strayed from their from their roots and i think that that's probably a a, that's cool that's really fucking every every order of lit beard company is overseen by my james hetfield action figure if you call him a fucking doll or whatever wrong he's an action figure but yeah, yeah. and justice for all is my favorite album like that i said i go ape, uh, ape shit for him that reminds me of another uh really cool I, i've got it around here somewhere the uh the starting lineup baseball action figures that they had that looked just like that i've got a wade Boggs around here somewhere that I used to love those when I was a kid, but um, anyway, um, I, I do like the uh, the inscription that you put on the inside of the, because I, I'll do when I do the unboxings. Um, you know, I, I always like to put music to the uh, to the videos, and whenever I did um, um, for Orion, I well, you I, that's that was the that was the song that I put behind the unboxing video on Instagram was, uh, was yeah. so yeah, that was, that was, I, I like that you put, it makes it easy for me to, for, for me to pick the, uh, the particular song that I'm going to put with that. But, um, yeah, so, uh, this, I mean, I think that, um, a, a lot of the notes that you were able to pull out of that poll probably had to do with this cigar and, uh, because it, I, I was able to pick on pick up on some notes uh, while smoking this cigar that I don't generally pick up on. Um, of course, the cigar that we're talking about is the AJ Fernandez Monte Cristo. Um, little uh, little background on this particular cigar. Um, it's a Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, a San Andreas binder, and a Honduras and Nicaraguan filler. Uh, you can get a box of these, a box of 10 for $155 on JR Cigars. I'm sorry, retail price for a box of 10 on JR Cigars is $155, but you get the JR price of $132.99. Uh, 
Um, again, as always, we are not sponsored by JR Cigars. That just happens to be my particular favorite site. Um, so yeah, um, it's a, it's a really nice draw. It's a, uh, you know, a, uh, it's, 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 excuse me. It's got a really nice draw. Um, it's really well constructed. It is a Maduro. It's, um, the only thing I don't like about it, it's a square shape to it. And it's, it's kind of a pain in the ass to smoke. I like the round cigars. Um, I would have gotten one of these up to, to Anthony, but he, he said that he's not really a, uh, he, he will smoke cigars, but he's not really a huge cigar fan. Um, no. so, um, he, he, he's not going to be joining in on the, uh, the review of the cigar, but it, it is a, it's, it's a nice cigar. Uh, my, my brother actually, uh, not too long ago told me that he didn't particularly like the Monte Cristos. He said that it was one of the worst cigars he'd ever had, but I don't think it was one of these. This is not one of the worst cigars that I've ever had. Um, and, and, and actually, uh, putting a little thought into last week's, um, I think it was the cigar that actually upset my stomach. Um, Anthony, I nearly bombed it last week. I had no kidding. Yeah, I had to I had to abstain pretty much from the entire episode. I just kind of sat here and chimed in every now and again. And uh, you know, yeah, that it, was a that was a, a pipe tobacco cigar that we tried. Yeah. And me and Jerry really liked it. Um, but yeah, we could tell. I mean, you didn't you put it out, you didn't <laughs> go back to it. I did. So. It's uh it's still here. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, uh it, I, I it was a big scar and it was different um but i did like that one last week this 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 one's fantastic i mean i don't know how anybody wouldn't like this one who enjoys cigars i mean it started off for me as like there was a lot of pepper up in the first third um which was kind of nice um but then it evolved into it's real earthy um i get some like some cocoa or some chocolate and i think that plays well with this uh probably help me pull that honey note um from the willet pot still that's because, what i was thinking too um i don't know if that would have been there because i i lit the cigar before i started drinking that so that's probably where i got that from but i mean there's a great construction great draw um i'm in my final third now and it's getting i mean super rich it's i'd say it's medium to full so i'd say if somebody doesn't like it it's probably because they like milder cigars um but i i'm really enjoying this cigar mm-hmm. and the peppery is coming back and, and it's a lot fuller too. I'm getting a whole lot of pepper notes off of this. It's actually making the bourbon that I'm drinking. Um, I, I poured some of that, that benchmark foolproof. It's actually, uh, it, it's bringing out um, some of the rye notes from that mash bill that I wouldn't normally get. So um, Anthony, um, we, we might have to get you one of these cigars. I know that you don't necessarily seek them out, but you will smoke them. I might have to get some. Oh, I'll smoke them. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, so to be clear, so to be clear, like I've smoked several cigars in my life. Um, when I was in Iraq, you could uh, go to the bazaars and stuff like that, and my buddies and I would pick up cigars and smoke them. Like, sure. especially like when um when I was there, we lived in trailers, and so like I was a I was an NCO, I was a sergeant. So the trailers that I lived in were. Uh, one trailer was broken into three rooms and everybody had, you know, one roommate, if you were an E5, uh, E5 or E6, right? Um, so sergeant or staff sergeant. So I have memories of getting cigars and sitting outside with dudes that I served with. And, you know, we're not out on mission and let's, you know, smoke a cigar, um, deer hunting with my buddies, sitting out, you know, 
after, I don't know if you guys are deer hunters, but in Wisconsin, it's a huge tradition for deer hunting. I mean, I can't say this to be factually accurate because I never did the numbers, but people have said that like when gun deer season opens up the Saturday before Thanksgiving, that the number of guys in the woods in Wisconsin would equal like the third or fourth largest standing army in the world. There's that many armed dudes just out there trying to put a hole in a deer, you know? But uh, those Friday night, you know, before you go out or those Saturday night after people have gotten their deer celebratory cigars and stuff like that, I really dig it. So let me ask you guys, you guys were educating me a little bit on bourbon. How does somebody fuck up a cigar? Like, how do you, if even if you've got a good one, how do you fuck it up? Is there a, like, you light it wrong or whatever? Like, because to me, like, I've had Arturo Fuente cigars that my buddies have given me before like i've got buddies that'll show up with you know those little kind of carry-on humidors and stuff like that and they'll be like here dude try this and i'm just taking them at their word but even if i took them at their word that it was a good one how do you fuck it up like how do you ruin a cigar even a great one well one thing that you can do is overwet the cap Okay, so, what does that mean? I cap, I don't even know what that means. The cap is the end that you actually put to your lips. And okay. if you if you so I always wet mine so, because I, I like to use a punch. I don't like to cut the entire end off because it exposes okay. too much of the tobacco and then you get it in your mouth. Um so I like to use a punch like this, which just literally cuts a hole out of the back end of it or a okay. A, a a vertical uh, cutter like that. Like a guillotine? Yeah, yeah, almost, yeah. Um, and so, I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, you can. Yep. Uh, there's, there's a, so, if you overwet that cap, it's it's like trying to suck mud through a garden hose. Like, you're going to give yourself a headache <laughs> almost trying to get okay. anything out of it. Um, that's one. Okay. Way. Another way um, that I've found, what I like to do before I ever touch the cigar to my lips, when I light it, I toast the end and then I put it to my mouth and then I pull the flame in with my mouth as well. Um, what that does is it gives it a nice even burn across the foot, uh, okay. which is the other end of the, and if, if you, um, if you don't do that, then it can burn unevenly. And um, that's just a trick that, or, or at least, Knowing why I don't want it to burn unevenly is something that I know from, uh, what, 26 years of smoking cigarettes. Um, because it's just, it, it can ruin the flavor if it burns way down here on this side and this side's way the hell up here. Sure, um, sure. Because you've got, essentially what you've got in trying to catch up this side to this side is you've got a charred flavor on this side and you've got a non-charred flavor on it. So it's a, it's just, it's just not, not yeah. an even flavor across, which is something that you want for the cigar. So that's at least for me, that's what I found. Uh, okay. So, so either, so either wetting the, would you call it the, not over, the boot end, but what was the over wetting the, the foot. And so either then, over wetting the foot or mm -hmm. basically canoeing the burn. Mm -hmm. is essentially like two ways that somebody can jack it up straight away. Paul, what would be in a way that you think? I'd say the same thing with the even burn. You want to 
you can even relight, uh, bring your lighter or your match back in to correct uh, uneven burn because it's all about the heat distribution. That's why a cigar changes flavor. Hmm. I mean, it's all the same tobacco in the cigar, right? But as the heat draws closer to your mouth, as the cigar burns down, that's where you get the different flavors that from first third of the cigar to the final third of the cigar, it's going to change because the heat is closer. So you're drawing in a different, you know, different, you know, mouthfeel and different flavor. Um, Okay. I would say definitely um, if you're using a guillotine style cutter, cutting too much too, because then your cigar is going to start falling apart. You're going to get tobacco pieces in your mouth and it's just going to lead to an unenjoyable um, experience. That's why I tend to like the punch too, but I um, it depends on the cigar. I'll go punch or I'll go guillotine depending on the shape of the cigar and what it looks like. And um, so today I did, I cut it. Um, I didn't use the punch today, um, but that would be one that, I think some people get overzealous and they cut too much and then it starts unraveling and, you know, it's getting in your pieces of tobacco or getting in your mouth. And that's the, that's it. But I mean, realistically, if you have a good, well-crafted cigar, it's, it's kind of hard to fuck it up, to be honest. I mean, it's the shitty cigars (laughs) with the shitty ingredients and the shitty construction. Those are the ones that are, and you're going to, you'll know pretty, pretty soon if you got one of those usually. Um, So, so if somebody's going to go buy a cigar, they want to one off it or they got a buddy coming over and they're going to break open, you know, a good bottle of bourbon. If you want to get a good quality cigar and you're just trying to get one or two of them, what do you think you're paying for? Like, and I know you can go like buck wild and drop, you know, obscene amounts, like take a second mortgage, you know, mortgage out on your house to get it. I feel you. But like, legitimately you want to get a solid one like you guys were saying for bourbons you get anything solid from 25 bucks to 30 40 bucks so what's a good solid cigar gonna run you i mean it it completely varies obviously but um i mean you can get a fantastic cigar uh for eight to twelve dollars um no shit yeah oh yeah absolutely man good thing i don't run into you you fucking see me coming from my you know a mile away it's like it's like that episode do you ever watch it's always sunny in philadelphia oh, oh yeah absolutely. one of my favorite shows many times it's like it's like when dennis and d don't know how much crap costs yes yeah, and the guy's like oh like you know yeah yeah it's yep. like you see i'm like dennis and d trying to you know buy crack you'd be like yes. oh this motherfucker right here 400 bucks and they're like oh sounds like a deal like yeah. here we go no, there's, okay. I mean, okay. yeah, eight to 12 bucks. You can get a fantastic cigar. Sure. Um, stick with, you know, the big makers. If you're just grabbing a one-off, um, talk to the guy. I mean, if you go into actually a cigar store, yeah, he's probably going to try yeah. to sell you the new thing for 30 to 50 bucks or whatever, but just tell him your price point. Look, I want, I want a cigar that's going to run me about 10 bucks. What do you, what do you recommend? I mean, hell there's, what are those? The, the factory smokes, those will run you like three bucks. That's damn good cigar in my mind for three bucks, What's- you know? What's cool. Factory Smoke? Is that that's a brand? Yeah, it's it's made by a company called Drew Estates. Um, and uh, actually, you know, you 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 asked a, a good cigar for a decent price point. My my favorite cigar, it's called Liga Privada Number Nine. Um, and um, I mean, they're they're fucking fantastic. And and you asked about the price, and Paul mentioned the fact that it can vary. So to give you an idea of how much it can vary, I bought two of them here in Kentucky for uh, a little over 50 bucks. Um, whereas Jerry found them for, I think he found, he got them, he got three of them for a little over 30 bucks down in Florida. The same exact fucking cigar. And he sent one to me and one to Paul. 
I've got three or four of them in my humidor over here. Um, they're, they're, they're my favorite cigars, same company. Um, and, and actually the guy that, uh, that was the president of that company is the same one that created this, uh, Stillwell star, um, this, this pipe tobacco cigar that did not sit well with me last week. And I'm, I'm going to give it another shot, uh, down the road. I've got it sitting over there or whatever. Anyway, uh, factory is a, um, so, so Liga was made for the Drew Estates employees. They made it for the people that were working on the factory floor and for their executives, it was for their company only. And they decided, well, you know, these are so well received by everybody that smokes them that we're going to go ahead and put it out for everybody. And mass production for a cigar company is a big deal because these folks roll them by hand and you can actually find videos of them actually doing it. And, and it's my, my favorite to watch are uh, it's a company called Asylum and they'll sit and make these and they'll put them in these and, and they're huge and they've got great names for their cigars, Insidious and Psycho and all this stuff. And we're actually going to feature them on the the Halloween episode because of the names and the 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 image on the band and whatever, but they've got cigars and I'm not joking. This big around, it's like a mini baseball bat, and this long, and they put okay. one cigar into this very well constructed box with a a piece of tissue paper over it and all this are really cool. Um, so it's it, that's my favorite to watch, but they started producing these uh these these price performer cigars the uh the factory smokes and you can get a a a, a bundle of them of tw- 20 on jr cigars for like 40 bucks something like that um so I'll, I'll look them up real quick um they're they're really really good um and they're really worth the worth the the, the fucking price and they're they're so let's see here uh, a bundle of 25 is 44.99 on JR cigars. That's just one particular type of factory smokes. They've got different offerings, but they're, they're definitely worth the price. Um, there's, there's a lot of really good cigars out there that are what we call price performers. Um, yeah. where it's, you know, you don't, you don't have to pay through the nose to get a cigar that you can enjoy. I've got some over there in that humidor. I've got some over there in that one. And I got a couple in my third humidor over here. Uh, I've got a, a personal humidor behind my bar. That's just for me. And then I got two humidors at either corner um, for folks that come here and, and hang out in my bar. If they want a cigar, they can go to one of those. And But they're really good. They're really, really good. And and when I when I say that, I mean, I've got in, in my big humidor here, I've got Monte Cristos. I've got uh, um, Macanudos. I've got, you know, in this big humidor over here. Stuff that you know, names that you know, and you would imagine that they're fairly expensive. They are. They're not cheap. But I've got factory smokes in my personal humidor back here that nobody else can get to. Um, mm-hmm. I've got some others. Um, these are most of them are in my personal humidor. These are also Drew Estates, and they've got an absolutely fantastic presentation. They're called Nightshade, and um, so they've got a little red ribbon there at the end. They've got this this yeah. black and red collar up here, which um, is odd because that's my personal, uh, that's my favorite color combination. And the reason I say that's odd is because I'm a big UK fan 
and uh, fuck University of Louisville. And that's also the University of Louisville's color combination is red and black. Uh, but um, yeah, there's there's a lot. And th those were, I think those were like 120, 120 bucks for a box of 20. So, you know, you, you do the math, you're you're looking at like six bucks a cigar or something like that, whatever the math yeah. is. Um, and they're really good. I, I sent one to Paul and Jerry and, uh, we reviewed that on the show and it's definitely worth the money. Um, and it's got a, you know, it's got a, a fairly nice box. Um, it's not, it's not cardboard, like what you get a box of Swisher sweets, you know, it's, it's actual wood. Um, so that's another thing that I really look for in the, in the boxes. I got a box upstairs, um, and the box themselves, I'm not going to give it away because we're going to review them on a later episode. But it, it looks it 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 looks like an old wooden crate, and it's actually got a metal clasp on the front of the box to keep it closed. And but it's made of wood. It's it's not cardboard. It's actually made of wood, but it looks like an old school, like what you would see on a on a old pirate ship or some shit. That's what it looks like. Um, Baller. That's there's awesome. Some, I yeah, love when people put that little bit of detail in the like yes. into their presentation and stuff like that. Exactly. Like that sort of shit matters. Like to me, like that just communicates like intention. Mm -hmm. Like there was thought behind like the mm -hmm. whole thing. Not just like, oh, by the way, we need something like now. Ah. Like it was all thought out. Like I love that. That's awesome. Which is one of the reasons why I like lit so much because you put attention to detail. Thank the you. Cork and the wax and, and, and all that. And one thing I did like about it was, was that that wax wasn't a bitch to get open. <laughs> I've had. No. So I let me, let me tell you, let me tell you about that real quick because people have asked me, I've actually had people reach out to me and say, Hey man, I'm starting a beard oil business. I want a wax dip like you like, and I'm like, well, look, man, I don't trademark that shit. Like if that's what you want to do. That's fine. But I want you to know the temperature of your wax matters. Uh, like if it's on glass, plastic, cork, like whatever, like all these different, like what's your label? Is it vinyl? Is it paper? Like all of these different things matter. And so I appreciate the fact that you like the wax and that you recognize that it's not a bitch to get through because if you don't, if you don't heat the wax correctly, if you don't blend it correctly, if you don't use the right kind of like bottling wax, all of that shit matters. All of it. If you wax and it's too thick, and you don't have a twist off, but you have something that needs to rip through, you're not, dude, you're not there. And then people, I did this one time. I fucked up. I fucked up bad. And I used what I thought was a really, it was, it really was a high quality wax, but it was way, way, way too thick. And so it didn't drip off and clear enough. And so like people could not rip through. They were having to use like a pocket knife and cut through. And I was like, holy shit. Like, no, no, no. So like, even your blends matter. And so I appreciate the fact that you recognize that detail too. Like that's really neat. Yeah. So one thing are definitely in the bourbon world. There, there, there's some good ones and there's some bad ones. I mean, mm -hmm. Knob Creek mm -hmm. is one of my favorite bourbons and their wax that's for sucks. a company as big as Jim Beam, they have horrible wax. I mean, it is hard to mm -hmm. get through. It breaks off. It's, it's it just, fuck. but yeah, your wax is more like, like, makers which they kind of run the wax game in my mind i mean they even have patents and well, trademarks in place i had that's paul that's i had thing. people reach out to me that were like how dare you wax dip like makers is gonna you know sue you and i was like i make beard oil buddy 
Well, like, no, that's, I'm not that's, taking their shit. Like, what are you talking about? That is one thing I was going to say, and not necessarily in the same way. And I will cut this out. Uh, as far as the red wax goes, I think yeah. it's that that tuxedo. What? Which is that? The one that had it? The tuxedo. What is that right? Yeah, there? tux is one of them. Yeah, this one right here. Yeah. So the runnage. That's where Maker's Mark will fucking get you if you have drips. Oh, if yeah. I if I drip. Yeah, mm-hmm. they yeah. will fuck they'll you up on that. that. If they find out about that, they will fuck you up on that. So just just a, so, just a cautionary tale. So like, see this drip here. Yeah. Anytime well, that I drip, it's unintentional. Sure. Like I've done it before, where it, you know, like if I turn it too fast, it'll still be a little runny on top and it'll run down. Well, it's, it, never, it has to be the I've red. I've never built drip. it into it. It has to be the red drip. Yeah, if any have, other drip, okay. it's not a problem. But and 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 a court of law is not going to give a fuck if you tell them it's un, unintentional. I'm just I'm just letting you know because I've seen it fucking happen. Uh, who did who did they sue over that, Paul? Well, they. I mean, there's been so many different ones. Um, I was at a uh, a lunch with uh, Denny Potter. There, we were talking about the red wax of yeah, uh, but Denny Potter, Maker's Mark. Yeah, and so like I was just saying that one of my buddies when I first started doing this. Because uh, the wax, the wax was an interesting thing, like trying to figure out how to do it. Um, Man, what a fuck show. Like just trying to figure out how to do it, how to do it consistently. Like I said, it's the consistency that's key. And I don't mean the consistency of the wax. I mean, your performance, right? You've got to be consistent. But when I figured it out, uh, one person Tux was the first one I ever wax dipped in red. Other, Well, first one I ever wax dipped in anything other than black. And um, I did it in red. And my buddy was like, you can't fucking do that. And I was like, really? Why? And he's like, Maker's Mark will sue you. And I was like, sue me for what? Like, I'm making beard oil, man. He's like, I'm, just trust me, they'll sue you. And I was like, no, dude, I don't look anything. Like they have a long necked bottle. And what's interesting is even on some of my ads, People will comment and they'll be like, Maker's Mark going to sue you for this. And like, it's just random people. It's not even anybody that I know. And I I mean, here, knock on wood, God damn it. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm one of these dudes that's like, doesn't look like rain, thunderclap. So knock on wood, Maker's Mark isn't going to come after me. But like, I, I just try to be unique. And like, I was inspired by... I think it's a classy look, man. I think when you do it that, is. like I said, there's intention. It's not just a cork. It's not just a twist on. It means something that you spend that extra bit of time to get like that angle right on your label, you know, to like get that nice looking finished feel. Like, I think that that's, you know, a pretty neat thing. And I appreciate the fact that you recognize too, like, yeah, it looks cool, but thanks also for not making it a bitch to get your bottles open, Anthony. Yeah, for I sure. appreciate that. So thank you. Yeah, it's um I I'm I'm a big fan. I'm a big, big fan. And um, you know, I, I appreciate your your um attention to the ingredients, your attention to um to detail, uh to yeah. packaging. Um I, I really, really like, and this is what really grabbed me about your products. The first time that I ever got the samples, um, and I, I accidentally I don't know how this happened, but I accidentally got two of your sample packs. Um, and I, I really don't know how the, how the fuck that happened, but um, I wasn't mad because the first sample was, was so great. Um, and, and, you know, 
one of the things that I really liked about it, first of all, was uh, your, you know, the, the fact that you're a, you're a veteran and you're a veteran owned company. And on top of that, that you give back, which I really appreciated, but um, I really liked the handwritten note. That was, that was really, really fucking cool. The only, th- I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say this out loud. Um, I sure. said this in the episode when we reviewed it. The only thing that I don't like about it is that goddamn confetti shit that, that that's in the box. I, hate I saw. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so here's, so here's the thing. That's just, so that's, just, the thing. that's just me nitpicking and being an asshole. That's, that's just sure. me. So one thing that you got to find out about me, one thing that if you haven't figured out already, I'm an ass. Yeah. I am an asshole. So I'll tell you exactly nah, what I feel. <laughs> so I, I, you've I know been, you've been nothing, orders, you've been nothing, it. you've been nothing but a sweetheart so far. <laughs> so what Adam is talking about, he's talking about the black crinkle paper, the yeah, packing like fill, right? <laughs> and so, yep. Yeah, so it comes in a 10 pound box. But uh, <laughs> the reason why it's really important for me is um, some beard oil businesses, they use plastic bottles, you know, like they've got all sorts of different stuff. All my bottles are glass. It's this blue glass. Yeah, I like it. We've talked an awful lot about the wax dip. Except I can't see into it. That's the only thing I don't like about the bottles. I can't see what's in there. Yeah. So that's, but that's the thing. It's like, I need something that's going to keep the bottle safe. So they're not breaking, you know, sure, while they're shipping. Sure, I mean, sure. here, here you can see like my packaging, like this is one that I've actually got to send out, like from uh one that I was making today, but everything always comes, you know, like packaged really nicely. Well, the downside, the downside is that I could get some sort of foam or whatever, but people will say like, uh, they'll order three or four bottles or they'll order a bottle, two cans of balm, you know, and a wash. And so everything is very unique. Um, and so I can't get like pre-made, like, you know, like in a rifle case where you can like cut out and you can just sure. drop an oil and a balm yeah. and everything has its place. Yeah, I could do that. But like if Adam, you know, if you're like, hey man, I really like Tux, I like Orion and I like Wisco Whiskey, I don't have ready-made stuff. So that black packing fill, while it's pain in the ass, hey, it makes great Tinder. You know, oh, hey, yeah. you know, I never gonna, thought about that. Go start a bonfire, thought about there that. you go, man. There you go. See, I'm 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 a bit of a survivalist. So the fact that it makes 10, I never thought about that. That's a good idea. That's a really there good go. idea. There you go. That is uh get it right down there on the bottom, just get yeah. a little blow into it. Yeah, I got go. a couple of I, I could show you with my camera. You can't fucking see them. I got two bug out bags right down there. Uh and I've got all my guns in my bedroom just in case I need to fucking, if I need to, if I need to bug out, grab those bags, Man. my guns and fucking, and it's dude, people like me, they, we're learning, up on we're the learning guns. a that's, lot, man. That's, that's not where it's at right now. It's not, it's not about uh, that. You can only carry so many guns Buy the guns that you want yeah. and then buy the ammo and put them in your bags. Well, right? and, and let me tell you, let me tell you, man, beard we're learning, we're learning a lot about each other, yeah. right? So cigars, <laughs> bourbon, beards, guns i work for a i work for a pro 2a uh company up here in wisconsin um so like i'm you and i are all speaking the exact same language bug out bags like all that sort of stuff man i got a bug out bag i got everything squared away i got what's gonna go in my jeep i got what's in my room i got like all that sort of stuff what i carry what i prefer to carry when it's on my body versus what i just keep in my vehicle like all that sort of stuff we could we could spend another couple hours just on that topic what do you carry so I've got everything from uh, SIG P320. 
through depending on like how compact I want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Taurus Millennium G2. So like it's nice because it's small. It's got a double stack magazine. Um, it's got pretty good capacity for a double stack magazine with something that small of a platform. Plus, plus if you're price conscious and you've got like a store like Gander Mountain every year around uh, the end of the year, they drop those Taurus Millennium uh, down to like under 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. And where I work, they give us a self-defense allowance. So I can use my self-defense allowance to get a pistol. I can go get, you know, a great uh, holster. I can get some of that Hornady uh, critical defense ammo. I can get all of that. I can get all of it. And where I work will cover the the total cost. Okay. So like we we go through all that last year. I used my self-defense allowance on a Mossberg uh, shotgun because I'm like, hey, 12 gauge shoddy, best home defense round you're going to get right there, you know? So like I've got all sorts of different stuff. I've got everything from a Taurus Judge through SIGs. Uh, basically, the only common thing that I don't carry or have is a Glock. Can you believe it? I'm very familiar with them, but I don't personally own a Glock. I'm not opposed to it. I just like SIG a lot. Yeah, I did. I did have a Glock. I had a Glock 27, um, double stack mag, chambered in yeah. 40, um, and I yeah. sold that to to my buddy that I talked about earlier. Um, but I carry a, uh, Kimber ultra carry two chambered in 45. And then, yeah. um, I have a, uh, uh, a damn it. A, <laughs> I can see the gun. A, uh, it's a, uh, fuck. It's a pocket pistol. And I cannot remember what the, f- who, uh, God damn it. It is a, like a Ruger. Ruger. There we go. I was going to say it's got the, it's got the, the, the Phoenix. Um, I've got, it's a, it's a Ruger, uh, 380. Um, and I keep that in what's called a wallet holster so that I, when I keep it in my back pocket, it looks like a a wallet. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a single stack mag. Um, but the thing is, is I, um, I've got 28 years experience in martial arts um i currently train and teach um mma it's a it's a mixture of taekwondo muay thai brazilian jiu-jitsu boxing um and a couple of a, a couple other uh weapons um so if you get past my guns and get up on me it's going to be a bad day for you already so you know i mean that that's awesome so i but i i carry uh it's it's hornady uh uh critical carry the the 45 yeah. in my and yeah. in my holster my holster is made in such a way so it has an extra spot for an extra magazine so um I, i'm gonna put a couple holes that are you know basketball size through your back you know if you if yeah you want me. so it's you know I, I don't i don't fuck around with with bullshit um and and the world's crazy so um well i don't have i don't have your background in in that sort of stuff so basically you got military hand to hand um i well i do but like for me i'm gonna disarm you with my stunning good looks and my absolute like killer sense of humor and if that doesn't disarm you then yeah like i said i've got some you know dr sig coming at you i've got you know whatever But but general but generally I'm getting you with my stunning good looks and my you know killer disposition. <laughs> yeah, I'm not relying on my good looks to to stop anybody because I look like this. 
So um, I'm 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 gonna fucking I'm I'm just gonna put a hole through your through your front and your back if you're fucking around because like I said and 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 I'm sure you feel the same way and Paul does as well because Paul only has one child but Paul's child is a girl so we're all girl dads here and uh, yeah. that's a that's a that's a that's a big deal for dads you know when, when we word have- man we don't play daughter daughter dad for life man we don't play yep. don't, don't play. fuck around as they say. Don't I think is I think as we're leaving the hospital, that's kind of like the party and you know, like, hey, do you got the car seat in right? Cool. You got newborn, you know, diapers, you got okay, cool. You remember, you don't fuck around anymore. Got it. All right, you know, like that's it. It's like the checklist. You know what was funny is um don't fuck both, around anymore. Both my daughters were born in the same hospital. And uh and it wasn't the hospital that I worked at. At the time I worked I worked for UK for the University of Kentucky, but at the time I worked for the hospital side. Um, and I should have had them both be born there because the price difference was fucking ridiculous. I, both my daughters cost me two grand each to be born at a different hospital, even with insurance. It's fucking stupid. But anyway, the nurses in that hospital where they were born came out and checked the car seat before we were allowed to drive away with our children. Mm. They wanted to make sure that everything was in place exactly. And and I practiced before my first daughter was born and my second daughter was born. My, my kids are Irish twins. They were born uh, a year and three weeks apart. Um, But I had lots of practice um, before the first one was born. So the second, the second one was a breeze, but. Um, Dude, my wife is the only reason that both of my daughters are still alive. My <laughs> wife understands that shit. Like she puts that base in and it's completely level. She knows all the different stuff. Like, yeah, see, that wasn't a thing just, when my first one was born. That base wasn't a yeah. thing. It was just a car seat. Yeah. You know, and I mean, oh, yeah, hell no. You know, when my we were born, that was in, definitely man. not a thing. There was no base when we were born. When the three of us, you know, Paul's mm-hmm. what, 42, no. 43. 43 so he's a couple years older than we are so that wasn't a thing when we were born so thank god we're all still here because you know fucking i I remember being a kid and laying in the back seat you know what i mean like (laughs) fucking absolutely down the road laying laying in the back window you know what i mean um but uh yeah so it was um it was a you know a, a different time and and things were better and worse back then but i had lots of practice before my daughter was was uh, and, and the nurses came out and i was really appreciative of that i thought that was really cool you know that that, that was a thing um and 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 i feel like that, that that's a a thing that's not widely enough you know it, it's it there's not enough care for children nowadays so that's why i carry guns with me everywhere i go and i got my wife um kentucky is a uh, you don't have to have a license to carry concealed anymore in the state of kentucky mm, it's constitutional um, carry or whatever it, well it was constitutional carry well yeah um i guess yeah that is constitutional carry it was open carry before and yeah. our previous governor signed that into law he signed two two things into law that i was now i'm a republican 100% and he was a republican governor and he did a lot of shit that i didn't agree with he he um he he he, he didn't work hard enough well actually he he worked in opposition to teachers which i really didn't i i'm still kind of pissed off at him about i don't think that, that was the right thing to do but um he signed two laws um 
before he left office. And one of them was constitutional carry. And the other one was to make it um, legally mandated to work out from um, uh, joint custody and work out from there instead of okay. being slanted towards towards the female, which is how historically it has been here in Kentucky. And I'm not with, I'm not married to and never was married to the mother of my children. Um, and she never was, you know, oh, well, it all needs to be about me. And her lawyer was, oh, well, uh, we're, we're going to try to get him for $1,400 worth of child support a month. And she was like, no, you know, so thankfully, whatever. But that was those were the two laws that he signed into existence. And um, the constitutional carry, my wife is five foot three. Um, she's not a big woman at all. And yeah. uh, and and shit's fucking bonkers. You know, you got people using Apple tags and shit to, to track women to to try to sure. take off with them and, sure. and the kids and all this. So I got her. I bought her a um, uh, Smith and Wesson MMP shield, a nine millimeter. Sure. It's a it's a it's it's got plenty of power, you know, um, but it's a small gun. And I bought her a concealed carry purse and um, I don't let her go out into the world. Like if she goes and run in the morning, she takes my 380. And uh, if she goes out, she has that nine millimeter in her purse. Um, and and that's even without kids because she's she's a tiny person. You know, if, if there's well, shit, man, when I when I walked across the country, people asked me uh, it was actually one of the questions that we were asked most often at different film festivals. Why did you feel the need to have to conceal carry? Now, when I say at different film festivals, I'm talking about all over the country right so what yeah, i'm not talking about just california or gun. yeah but like when people would say like why did you you know why did you feel that you needed to do that and i you know i would tell them like well you gotta be fucking kidding me dude like i'm walking across the country i might be 15 miles away from a town a city a hospital a sheriff's department you know like i don't know which direction is safe you see you know somebody drives past me and you know looks at me as like an easy, you know, an easy target, you know, mm -hmm. or something like that. So, I, I mean, when it comes to concealed carry or, you know, your right to defend yourself or whatever, I'm all about it. And I would tell people like, well, it wasn't just about defending myself. Like I'm walking across the country with my buddy. Like, I feel like I have an obligation to make sure that he gets home safe too. You know, it's not about being offensive. Like we didn't go out there walking along, you know, the road drawing down on people. Sure. It was just kind of one of those things where it's like, Hey, if somebody decides like, you know, hey, idiot, why don't you uh, throw your shit in my car and, you know, go sit in that ditch? Like, I can't do that. You know, right. like, that's everything that we've got. That's our ability, you know, to survive, you know, and then to your point, like, disparity of force on, you know, a woman or a child or anything like that. You know, I, I like I, I firmly believe in it. Like, there's nobody that's going to convince me that you're right to defend yourself you know, should be restricted. I think that your ability to defend yourself and keep yourself alive and at minimum, that's just, that's, <laughs> you don't need anybody to legislate that. Like you're just born with the right to make sure that you're right. able to defend yourself. So, well, that's what that, yeah. behind Dude, so I think that's going to be an awesome, that's going to be an awesome uh, topic for a future conversation. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I think that you're right. I, I, I think that you're right about that. Um, um, Paul, uh, let, let's move on to this pours on me, shall we?
So uh, this week, um, I, you know, Paul provided the the pour. I was not able to get any of this up to up to Anthony. Um, I, I'll uh, we'll, we we might have to we might have to do that in the future. Um, I, I'm not sure how you feel about rye whiskeys. But this one's well, like I said, if I'm gonna have if I'm gonna have them, I like to have them ice fucking cold. Like I keep them in the freezer, pour them out. They're thick. Like I dig it. I think it's a cool experience, man. When you uh, mix it up and you go with a little bit of rye as opposed to the non rye. Well, this one, this this one, yeah, this one came from Paul. So I'm I'm gonna shut the fuck up and let Paul. Yeah, this was a pick by uh, the Prime Barrel, um, which is a. Uh, company that does pretty much exclusively barrel picks. Um, it's from Copper and Cask. It's a seven-year-old straight rye whiskey. It's a 95.5 mash bill, so we all know where that came from. Um, proof is 109.2, and the finish is a double oak finish. Um, this bottle, uh, you can still get at the primebarrel.com. Um, they're, I think they're like 75 bucks a bottle, um, but it's a seven-year-old double oaked rye Um the nose is, I mean, there's a lot of fruit, a lot of honey. It's the theme of the show, I guess. Um, but on the palate, that's where this thing shines. I mean, this is a fantastic rye. Um, there's, I mean, it's it's like a, a floral. I mean, it, it doesn't drink oh, like a traditional rye. I mean, it's fruity, it's floral. Um, it's it, it got a fantastic finish it just lingers i mean i took a sip of it a few minutes ago and i still can taste it um yeah this is one of the better rides i've had in a while um so i believe they still have some stock um it's uh at the prime barrel on instagram and primebarrel.com if you want to check them out they got a lot of good picks um this is one of the better ones that i've had what do you think man it's um to me <clears throat> So first of all, it's fantastic. Uh, I, I have no qualms about saying that, but it reminds me of a lot of different um, distillery experiences that I've had. This, I mean, it just it just puts me in mind of being at various distilleries, and I've been to a lot of them. Um, most of the ones here in Kentucky that are on the distillery trail I've been to and this, this really just kind of puts me in that place. Like the feeling that I get when I'm there. Um, I really think that, uh, it's one of those that, that, um, stands out among rye. Um, it's sweet, it's floral, it's peppery, which is weird to say that it's sweet and peppery at the same time, but it is. Um, there's, there's, I mean, the nose is incredible. The nose is fucking incredible. But the, the on the palate, it's just there's, it's so complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I mean, it's just, it's, and it, it, it's, it's. There's honey. There's, there's floral notes almost to the point where it's. Um, and I know this is going to sound weird because I'm enjoying it. It's almost kind of soapy as far as the the floral notes go. They all kind of marry together. It's and and it's not in a bad way. Um, there's what what proof is this, Paul? Um, this 109.2. 109.2. So it's I mean, it's definitely got some proof on it, but it's not it's not 
hot. It's it's um it's got the right amount of hug to it. It's not a Kentucky hug because it's not made in Kentucky. Um, What's hug? So that that is the 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 warmth that you feel going down and then envelops okay. you. Yeah, that's called a Kentucky hug. Um, Kentucky hug. All right. <laughs> I might have to make a beard oil called Kentucky Hug. There you go. There you go. Nice, warm. Like, that's what I'm saying, man. All right, cool. Wasn't trying to interrupt, but you start talking about the hug. No, no, no. That's that's perfect. If you if you want some uh, if you want some testers on that, let us know. (laughs) Um, this is this is I mean, this is this is a fantastic rye. This is um this is off the charts. This is one of the better ryes that I've had. Um and I've had quite a few. I uh, clearly I don't have as many rises i do bourbons but i've got you know i've got rare breed rye i've got willet rye i've got old forester rye i've got um um shit uh templeton rye um and then i've had plenty of rise that you sent me to this is really good this is um this is this is I, i mean and this would be a good rye for folks that are beginners as far as rye goes, um, yeah, the, the proof is just enough to give you that flavor without overwhelming you. Um, and it, it's just, it's really good. Um, this is, uh, this is better than some Sagamore's that I've had and Sagamore makes some of the fucking better rise on the market. And that's not better than every Sagamore, but it's better than some of them. Um, it, it's really, it's really fucking good. And yeah. The yeah, complexity yeah. is is what really stands out on this one. It's yeah. just where it kind of hits all over the palate. Um, it's great proof. Um, I have to say I am drinking it cold right now because it's been sitting on this table for the last couple hours and I'm outside and I'm starting to be able to see my breath. So um, it's a, uh, it's, it's pleasant cold. I've had it, you know, neat before. Um, it's great. It's uh, at a proof where, if you're not a 110 plus drinker, you know, you can throw an ice cube in it or a couple drops of water, to get it down to where you like it. Um, I'm still, I'm sure certain it's going to still hold up. Um, so yeah, now this was, this is one of the better rides I've had re- here recently. So I figured I'd share a pour out with you guys. I'm glad you did. This is, this is great. Um, Anthony, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that we couldn't get some of this up to you, but I saw you pour a little more of that willet there. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Did, I'm, did I'm you glad hear? Did you hear the steer. glug glug? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see that we didn't steer you, uh, steer you wrong on that, um, or steer you off of that. That's, you know, again. Uh, no, the, there's the, only there's only been one bourbon, and I wish I could remember. If I saw the label, I would remember it. I remember it. There's like two versions of it. One has kind of like a reddish label, and the other one has a greenish label. It's the exact same thing. I think maybe it's like a different blend or Evan maybe Williams. one is rye and one is not. Um, if I saw the label, I will recognize it. Okay. But it is the only, it is truly the only bourbon I have ever drank where I was just like, fuck that. Like where I just was That's- never again. Like, I don't care if it's free and they put it in front of me for life. There's no, no way I'm drinking it. That is not. Um, I'll have to look up. No, I'll have to look up. Um, let me see if I can look it up after we're done, uh, just to see, like, you know, see if I can find the label and send it to you, and just see if you'd be like, "That's not it." <laughs> <laughs> I remember it came in a it came in a weird shaped bottle. 
uh, weird as far as like just not a standard. And there was a green version of it and a red version of the label. Um, I remember drinking it, like somebody suggesting it to me and be like, I'll, like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I just remember being like, nah, never again, never again. <laughs> it's the only time I've ever had that. And like, you know, like we've all been in that situation where, you know, we're broke or we're, we're young and we're poor or whatever. And we're just like, whatever, I'll drink whatever you put in front of me. If it's going to jack me up, I'll drink it. This is one of those where like, I guess I'm at an age where I'm just like, nah, not doing it. <laughs> like, No, maybe if I was 19 again, sure. But no, not at 40. No. Well, here's the thing. Um, you know, there, there are, Paul has mentioned uh, old Forrester twice tonight and um if i were going to recommend a bourbon brand any brand uh to anybody that isn't um necessarily you know into bourbon the way that we are i'm going to recommend old forester and here's why old forester is first of all one of the oldest brands in Kentucky and therefore one of the oldest brands in the country. They are the first. So a little bit of history prior to old Forester uh, selling bottles, people would go to their local saloon with whatever the fuck that they had and they would pay X amount of cents or dollars or whatever the fuck. And their, their container would be filled up with whiskey from the barrel that that particular saloon had purchased and they would take it home. And, um, old Forrester was the first, uh, brand to start bottling in glass bottles, their own whiskey. And that's important because, um, the whiskey that was in that barrel at that particular saloon could be tampered with prior to somebody taking their own shit home. Um, so John Thompson street Brown and his brother, um, whose name I'm forgetting. And the reason that I remember, remember John Thompson street Brown is because there's still a, uh, a brand produced by heaven Hill called JTS Brown, which is, fantastic by the way um he and his brother started a company called brown foreman and they own old forester woodford reserve and jack daniels as well as some other companies and uh that's that's what i currently have poured here in my bottle um this is 100 proof this is the 1897 old forester anything made by old forester they're rye they're 1897, they're 1920, they're 1910. Um, their birthday birth, any anything that has the old Forester name on it is guaranteed to be quality. And it has been since before Prohibition. It is amazing whiskey, and that's where I would steer just about anybody towards. And I think Paul What do you what do you feel about like the bottled in bond? since you talked about like prohibition and stuff like that, like, do you believe like bottled and bond, like actually makes a difference? There you go. All right. So there it let, is. Let's, let's talk about bottled and bond. 
because this is this is the big thing for me. Okay, so Bottle and Bond in 1897, Bottle and Bond was passed as a law in the United States. And 10 years prior to that, it had been picked up as a bit of a crusade by, you mentioned E.H. Taylor, uh, Colonel. Yeah, I can see it right there in the back. I can see yeah. the big old. Yeah, right there. Right there. That, yeah. that was a birthday gift. Uh, I actually gave that bottle to a friend of mine and he gave it back as a birthday gift, which I'm fine with. Um, okay. E.H. <laughs> um, uh, e. Taylor, Edmund Haynes Taylor, he was a, a, a relative of President Taylor, uh, by the way. Um, he he was a banker here in Kentucky. He lived across the street from what is now Buffalo Trace. And uh, he picked that up as a bit of a crusade because people were buying whiskey, as I mentioned, at bars uh, or saloons. <clears throat> and to get the color and flavor and bite of an aged whiskey, People were buying whiskey that had acid and turpentine and tobacco spit and all this bullshit put into it to give it the flavor and the color and the bite. And so, and they were dying as a result. And so he championed the uh, the Bottle and Bond Act, which was passed in 1897, like I said, um, and that ensured the quality of whiskey. And what that meant was, it had to be distilled in one distilling uh, season by the same distiller um, produced at the at, at at one company. It couldn't be blended. Um, it had to be aged at least four years, um, and then it was housed in what was known as a, uh, a bonded warehouse. And at the time, a bonded warehouse meant that it was controlled by the government because many warehouses rick houses where whiskey was aged was not controlled by the government so it had and and they had a bonding agent that would actually live on premises and that's a whole different story that we can get into in a minute when you talk about old fitzgerald and 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 uh larceny that's a fun story um we'll we'll get into that in a second but that bonding agent lived on premises in that warehouse to make sure that none of those barrels were tampered with. And so um, after that, there was a tax stamp that was applied to the bottle that showed that that bottle wasn't tampered with after it was, you know, after the whiskey was put in the bottle, that that stamp would, or it was a strip, a tax strip. And that would prove that the bottle wasn't opened after it was bottled. And um, that's significant because the Pure Food and Drug Act. Now, I want you to pay attention to what I just said. The Pure Food and Drug Act was not passed until 1906, a full nine years after the Bottle and Bond Act was passed. So people were worried about the purity of their whiskey almost a full decade before they were worried about the purity of their food and their drugs in this country. Um, now, when it comes to the bonding agents, when I was talking about Old Fitzgerald was named after a uh, a, a bonding agent named John Etz, John F. Fitzgerald, and um, Larceny, which is made by the same company, Heaven Hill, was named after him as well. And the reason is because John F. Fitzgerald, the bonding agent that lived in the 
bonded warehouses at Heaven Hill would go and find barrels in the bonding warehouse that he liked, and he would hide them away. And that's what he would drink while he lived there on the premises. So he was essentially stealing from the fucking distillery. And that's why it's called larceny. So you got larceny, you got Old Fitzgerald. Both of those came out of the Bottle and Bond Act. And then you've got E.H. Taylor, um, which was named for the man that owned Buffalo Trace at that time. It was called Old Fire, Old Fire Copper at that time. And and one of the most expensive bourbon whiskeys on the market that you can possibly find right now is called OFC. <clears throat> You're going to be looking at about 20 grand for a bottle. And that's no Jesus. Yeah. About 20 grand for a bottle. Um, and that's named for the 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 name of the distillery when E.H. Taylor owned that distillery. Um, but E.H. Taylor is the reason that we have bottled and bond. And now it doesn't really fucking matter because all liquor warehouses are government uh regulated, but still there is a um uh that's what I'm looking for. A it's not all all of the liquor warehouses are government regulated, but it's a it's still a distinction to be a bonded warehouse. Although it doesn't really fucking matter, if that makes any sense. Um and and you know it, it it's kind of a uh, uh it's just kind of a a thing, you know, a a, a Oh well, this is kind of cool, you know. This is this is still the. If you go to Buffalo Trace mm-hmm. Warehouse C, it still says Bonded Warehouse on the front of the fucking warehouse, and on the side is just oh well, this is cool, but it doesn't really it, it's not really a thing anymore. Um, so Bottled and Bond still carries somewhat. It, it it's more of a historical distinction at this point. Okay, but, but there are still some regulations that apply. It still has to be a hundred proof. It still has to be aged four years. Everything else doesn't really matter. Those are so. If you're if you're a, an an age hound, like I've been known to be in the past, uh, uh, bottom and bond is really where you want to start. You don't really have to worry about people putting tobacco spit and turpentine into your shit. That's not a thing anymore. Um, okay. but you know, 40 years, hundred proof. I mean, that's that hundred proof is generally where I start. That's, that's, it has to be a hundred because the thing for me is it needs to be, if, if you can't mix it with something and it actually fucking stand up to what you're mixing it with, why the fuck are you drinking it in the first place? So yeah, bottle and bond is, is, it's a cool thing. Um, it's, it's more of a historical distinction at this point. So, so I asked my buddy. Um, I was texting him a little bit earlier and I told him, you know, that I was going to be meeting with you guys. And I said, best three bourbons, worst three bourbons, in your opinion. And he said, he put it only in the category of best for your price. Okay. So he said, best for your price, Buffalo Trace, Four Roses, E.H. Taylor, worst, Basil Hayden, Yellowstone, Charter Oak. How do you feel about his assessment? Basil Hayden is the only one that I agree with, Paul. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm 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 really fond of Yellowstone. Um, e. H. Taylor. I'll I've only I don't 
find that on the shelf that's allocated. So that'd be off my list because there's no way in hell I'm finding that around me. You're going to find um, it. But Charter Oak, I like, and Yellowstone, I actually really like. Um, the regular offerings, probably what he's talking about because that's, you know, polarizing. Some people love it. Some people hate it. But pretty much everything else they put out of that uh, limestone branch distillery is um, is pretty fantastic. So that red wheat, I wasn't a big fan of. I got a bottle upstairs, 375. It's it's okay-ish. But uh, everything else that that Yellowstone or yeah or the yellow or limestone branch does is fun. Which limestone branch is run by Stephen Beam, and if his last name sounds familiar, it should. He is uh, <laughs> Jim Beam's great great grand nephew. Um, so and he knows Basil, Hayden, Basil Hayden is probably almost. It would be directly in the conversation of. Will it pop still for me? Yeah. Pretty yeah. good, but it's just overpriced. It's you know? way overpriced. That, way. And that's the only reason. I mean, if if somebody gives me a pour of Basil Hayden, I'm not I'm not mad at it. Uh, it's just it's it's overpriced. It's it's well, the even, fancy even, bottle with the copper wrap around the paper and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's just you're paying for that presentation, I think, more so just like pot still. But other than that, yeah, I mean, I could I, I would start if I'm saying worse, worse pours. I'm starting and looking down, down by my ankles, and none of those three are going to be sitting down there. So, yeah, I, well, that's all, dude. I've learned, I've learned a ton from you guys. Like, I mean, literally, just listening to the like the history of bottled and bond and stuff like that. Like, like I was saying before, you guys are going to forget more than I'm ever going to learn. <laughs> like, that's amazing. That's not necessarily true. I mean, you know, uh, I, I, I didn't think so. I. I Myself, um, I, 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 there's a program at UK that I went through uh, that taught me how to distill, that taught me about the history, which I, I knew a lot about the history, but I, I you know, it, it's all about your mental capacity. And I truly believe that you have the mental capacity to learn everything that we've fucking mentioned tonight. Um, no question. Um, so it's, you know, it, you could learn it. You you could retain it. You could know it. Uh, I I don't I don't believe that we know anything that you could ever forget. Um, still, oh. I do appreciate that that you uh, you know that that you would say that. And uh, you know, there's the thing about bourbon to remember. The thing that really kind of grabbed me is that uh, and, and rye whiskey is the same. Rye whiskey and bourbon are the history of this country. The reason that bourbon exists is because people, uh, before they crossed the Appalachians, had farms that they couldn't take with them when they were forced to move west. So they distilled it because that was easier to trade and bring with them. And that was the history. That's that's the birthplace of bourbon right there. Before that, it was all rye whiskey in this country and rum. That's where it was. So... You know, it, you know, if you're if you're and and you know, you said you're a, a a fan of history. Look it up because that that's that's how it was. Um, Elijah Craig has been uh, largely recognized, which is untrue, but as the father of bourbon. Elijah Craig was a Baptist minister that lived in I think it was Virginia, and he moved across the Appalachians into the Kentucky territories, and at the time. The Kentucky territories included, it was part of Virginia. So it was Kentucky, Virginia, and Tennessee were all part of one big fucking state. And this was the Wild West. 
at that time. And he came here and he was a distiller. And that was a common practice among farmers to be a distiller. And he came here and the whole thing about the charred barrels and all that bullshit, that there's no, there's no basis of proof. There's no way to prove that he was the first person to ever store white whiskey in a charred barrel and send it down the Mississippi. There's no way to prove that, but he is largely credited as the father of bourbon. And that's just because he hit, there were stamps on the barrels that were going from his farm down to fucking hmm. uh, New Orleans. And, and, and there's three different explanations. One is that it came from Bourbon County, Kentucky, which is probably bullshit. There's one that it was being shipped over to the house of Bourbon in France which is kind of bullshit. And there's one that they were being shipped down to bourbon street in new Orleans, which is probably the most likely the house of bourbon being the second most likely. Um, there's, there's the thing is, is that it, it's bourbon is really the, the story of America. That's, that's really mm -hmm. the truth. It's, it's a lot. It, it is, it is an American story. It is, that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. So, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're a big fan, um, if you're a big fan of, of whiskey, big fan of bourbon, big fan of America, bourbon's where it's at. So. Well, hopefully I'll be able to come back on your show again in the future and I will have a watched, read, consumed more about those things. Um, Cause I mean, that's, I mean, that's fascinating. I didn't know that stuff either. You know, like the names that you guys know of, like, oh, yeah, this guy, he made this. And then they're associated with that. Like, I don't know any of that stuff. Like my my thing with bourbon is like, does it taste good? <laughs> well, you know, like that's and that's start. that's really it. Like somebody puts it in front of you and it's like, oh, yeah, that one burns too much. OK. Or like, yeah, man, I can let that one like sit for a minute. Cool. Like that's that's it for me you know like you're talking about elijah craig and what's interesting is like over your right shoulder and your left shoulder adam they're like bottles of elijah craig they're like perched like parrots on a pirate shoulder you know they're like right there yeah. so yeah, it's interesting like clearly clearly the man has had you know or left an impression um but it's interesting yeah hopefully i'll be able to um be a guest with you guys again in the future and know a little bit more you know, have a little bit more dialogue with you as far as, you know, the history of bourbon. We we would like that very much. Um, very much. But yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm clearly a big fan of Elijah Craig. Uh, those are all barrel proof. Um, and they're fucking fantastic. I'll, I'll, you know, give me your address. I'll, I'll send you some of those. Um, they'll, they'll blow your mind. <laughs> Bet. You got it. I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah, and you'll have to throw a, a cigar that you think blends with them or mixes with them, right? I'll sit out on my patio. I like, you know, like down here where I'm at right now, I call it the tap room, right? Not quite the distillery, but I call it the tap room because this is where I'm making up, blending up, you know, cooking up all my best uh, beard oils, you know? But like, yeah, hell yeah, man. I would love to be able to sit out on my back patio, cigar, bonfire, bourbon, and just like relax. I don't, I really don't spend a lot of time relaxing. It's one of the things about being a small business owner that I think maybe I didn't bargain for when I started this was just how much of my 
of my life was going to be consumed by making and serving and, you know, doing all that sort of stuff for customers. I mean, I certainly sure. hoped that a lot of my, that a lot of my time would be consumed by that. But um, sure. nowadays, like when I do get a moment to chill, like I want it to be chill time, you know? Sure. Sure. And so, yeah, if there's a good bourbon, a good cigar and, you know, some good weather and I can sit outside and enjoy it, man, I, there's probably, I, I, I don't think I can count many things that I'd prefer than that. Well, I, I invite you to, uh, you know, there, there are a whole lot more Anthony Anderson's on Facebook than there are Adam Bolden. So I invite you to, to look me up. Paul doesn't. <laughs> Paul doesn't have Facebook. Sure, Paul's Paul's too good for Facebook. Um, uh, but uh, uh, look us up. He's uh, all TikTok. He's all TikTok. <laughs> I can tell, man. He's recording himself doing different dances and shit. That's yeah, it. He loves his filters. He likes <laughs> all the different. He likes all the different filters. The aging filter. The mm. crazy shit filter. You can if tell. I could, if I can monetize it, I would. Trust me. Mm. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, um, Anthony, I would like to um, very much thank you for your time. It's been a fuck yeah, man. Been a been a really good time. I'm gonna have to split this into a couple episodes. Um, but uh, you know, um, for anybody hearing our voices right now, be sure to look up Anthony and his company on LitBeardCo.com. Um. Make sure to uh, to to check out um, Willet, Willet Potstill, Willet uh, WilletBourbon dot com, and uh, you know you can check out the the cigars on jrcigars.com or on um, uh, MonteCristo dot com. Look up uh, AJ Fernandez because that shit's fin- f- fantastic. I've had too much to drink. Um, guys, it's, it's been a really good time. It's been a really good time. And, uh, Anthony, you're, you're welcome back anytime. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure that we'll reach out and ask you to come, come back on. But if you want to come back on at any time, any, any fucking time, you know, uh, let us know. We'll yeah. Be have you back on. Um, be sure to check out, um, I'm sorry, Anthony, uh, remind me one more time, the charity. Project Welcome Home Troops. $1 from every sale, Lit Beard Co. goes to Project uh, Project Welcome Home Troops. If you want to see what Project Welcome Home Troops is about uh, or a little bit more about me, uh, if you've got Amazon Prime, watch the documentary Almost Sunrise. You will see me and my buddy Tom walking across the country. You'll see the second half of that video shows Project Welcome Home Troops and what they do for veterans and their families. Uh, so you'll be able to see that mindfulness, that meditation. And if you've got a beard or you love somebody that does, or you want to impress somebody that does hook them up with Lit Beard Co. Not only will you be getting some baller ass beard oil, beard balm, beard wash, soaps, etc. One dollar from every sale donated to Project Welcome Home Troops to help veterans and their families have a happy and healthy reintegration. I mean, you, you can't really ask for a better, better product. It's, it's a, it's a fantastic product. Um, donations go to a fantastic cause look them up lit beard co great stuff um thanks guys great great episode anthony we we really appreciate you coming on um cheers cheers guys thanks adam thanks paul cheers
Bourbon Beards and Belvedere's is produced by Adam Bolden, Paul Rousseau, and Jerry Ullman. Editing by Adam Bolden. Music by Ryan Johnson. You can find the links to all our social media accounts on our website at bourbonbeardsandbelvedere's.com. As always, enjoy your bourbon and cigars responsibly. Cheers. Cheers.